0: Life's complicated and overwhelming enough, especially for those in mission-driven work. Let's make your journey to health as simple and sustainable as possible. I'm Lisa Baker, and I want to welcome you to the Simply Health Coaching Podcast, where it's the food, and it's more than the food. On this podcast, we talk about the food that you put in your mouth, and everything else that nourishes you, or doesn't, with special attention paid to the problems and opportunities facing women over 40 burning out in mission-driven work. My vision is a world in which you can be well while doing good. My mission is to give you the simple resources and practices and some helpful connections to get there. Let's get started. This episode is brought to you by my free virtual stressless program. If you're a team leader, manager, or wear an HR hat, join me for five weeks starting November 7th, 2022. You'll activate five simple, sustainable strategies to start reducing your stress, and you'll get a wealth of resources that you can share with your team. The link to sign up is on my website, simplyhealthcoaching.com, and it's also in the show notes. Hello, I'm here today with Deb Shannon, who is a mental fitness leadership coach and talent management leader with 25 years of experience providing organization development at global organizations. Deb is an energetic present moment leader, clients recognizer for helping them define and construct the culture that attracts, retains, and grows the highest quality leaders and team players. Weaving stories, neuroscience, sports experience, and mental fitness into workshops and speaking engagements, Deb draws participants into the conversation, pulling back the curtain on solutions that move staff away from reactive and inefficient processes towards simplified workflows and high engagement. And I did not get to hear it, but Deb recently spoke at the Vermont Sherm conference. And um, I have to say, most of the people I heard talking about breakout sessions were talking about devs. So, so all of that part of the bio is absolutely, absolutely, you can just take it to the bank. <laughs> Debs interests include tennis instruction and competition, skiing, sailing, hiking, rowing, cheese making, and berry picking. Deb can be found with her dog, Zoomer, on the trails all over Vermont and Maine, enjoying the endless beauty of our land and seascapes and the people who shape them. And your dog's name cracks me up because I saw a wonderful, wonderful cartoon about my dog has the Zoomies and won't stop scheduling meetings. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome, Deb. And you know Zoomer might come into the background at some point, maybe.
1: <laughs> well, I will tell you that this will not be the first Halloween that Zoomer's costume is a Zoom call.
0: <laughs> I
1: love it. Such is the life of a pandemic puppy, Liza. Thank you so much for having me. I'm totally pumped for our conversation today. Yes.
0: Oh, so he's a pandemic puppy, and what flavor is he?
1: Um, He is. It's a mouthful. And I didn't even know this was a breed until somebody saw me and told me. He's a Treeing walker coonhound. Oh my gosh! I've actually
0: heard of them. So he must have, like a a really wild sort of howl slash bark, right?
1: We call that a yes. bay. He yeah, yes. His coolest yeah. feature is that he will jump like six, eight, <gasps> ten feet up into a tree. To chase the squirrel
0: squirrel. up the tree. Yeah. Or a raccoon as the case might be. So (laughs) well, you know that I start every episode the same way. We like to get to know you a little bit more on a personal level. So we're going to talk about kale and kryptonite. Tell me, what is your kale? What's the one thing that you think is a superfood, whether food that you put in your mouth or any other kind of thing that nourishes you, what's the one thing you try to do every day because it's that nourishing for you?
1: I meditate. Yes. Is that nourishing? And when I miss it for the third day in a row, literally my quality of life, there are just all these single signals that pop into my life that say, you're missing the positives. And that's especially at this time of year, as the days get shorter, don't stop now. Yes.
0: Yes, I think if you, if it's something that you do particularly, like, do not miss this in the fall when it's starting to get cold and dark out, (laughs) then you know that's your kale. So meditation, great. All right, tell us about your kryptonite. What's the one thing you know is not great for you, and sometimes it sneaks in?
1: Overdoing my list of sports that I love, (laughs) or being in PT and not like just in the field of exploring all the ways that my body can move. Mm. It's just not all that good for me right now. Like I need a lot of guidance to keep me in check. Uh,
0: we were just talking about that before we hopped on too. that. There seem to be people who have no problems pulling back a little bit when they're not feeling well, they can work out without killing themselves. And then there are those who feel miserable and will still go out there and kill themselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so meditation is the kale and the kryptonite is overdoing it, especially physically sports wise. All right. So tell us how you came to do what you do and what it is exactly.
1: Oh, wow. So I work with two different mediums in the world of leadership, coaching and speaking um, presentations, keynote speaking, that sort of thing. And the two platforms that I use are conversational intelligence, the neuroscience of conversations and positive intelligence, which is the road to mental fitness, which like meditation is a daily practice because you literally have to build a pathway to your executive brain a couple of times a day in order to be mentally fit and ready no matter what comes at you in this wildly uncertain world.
0: Mm. I love that you immediately honed in on those two things, conversational intelligence and mental fitness, because as I've been talking to you and also while I was reading your bio, I'm like, "Mm, I need to know more about both of
1: those. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And I feel so much like the world is more ready for them now than ever. Because as all of uh, because of all of that uncertainty. And it's st- mental fitness is a personal work. And once you've got a good chunk of the personal work done, it makes a lot of sense in the workplace, especially where organizations are trying to create what I call sticky teams, you know, mm. hire and engage the highest quality people that you can. Now employers are starting to understand the value of creating a culture. Of both meant positive mental fitness and authentic conversations mm. and funness. I just said, funness. Funness Here, on a podcast.
0: <laughs> That's like busyness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so how would you how would you talk about positive mental fitness uh, with relation to resilience? what What would be the connection? Because when you say that I, it makes me sort of think of resilience and I want to know what whether there's some points I'm missing here.
1: Yeah. So resilience is a really interesting um, focal point. So with mental fitness, we talk about the analogy that we use is running a marathon, right? as fanatical as I am about exercising and moving my body in a hundred different ways. I've never run anything like a marathon. And if somebody invited me to do one this Sunday, I would not just say, sure, let's go. It takes practice. It takes a plan and it takes a, a progress, a personal progress report and understanding that I am moving forward in this direction because I have built practice around it to prepare myself for this moment. So resilience is similar to that, because at any given moment, we don't know what changes are coming. My son started a job in Boston two months ago. It's a startup. And three weeks later, 21 of his brand new colleagues were laid off. whammo He did not see that coming, and he was the one who stayed. Mm. So um, preparing for any given moment is what this practice of mental fitness gives you. The ability, so I use sports analogy, to hold a wide stance in the moment when unexpected news arises so that for the people who just lost their jobs, they can managed to find the gift and opportunity in what lies ahead for them. And for my son, who was there, who wanted to be a support to all of these people who had just welcomed him in. He knew he had to be vigilant and diligent about continuing in his own job. And he wanted to understand how he could help his friends. That takes practice and not being afraid of what comes next Mm. practice again in seeing the gift and opportunity of what comes next
0: yeah yeah oh that's great um i've I've recently been thinking a lot about resilience because we very often think about and, and i think you heard me talk about this at the conference where you know we think about health as not being sick whereas true health is really that state of resilience, where no matter what comes at you, you are able to very quickly uh, move through it, whatever that means, whether you are the person being being let go or whether you're the person staying and maybe feeling a little guilty about staying. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just that idea that, and, and also that sometimes we're so concerned about what's coming at us from the outside, for example, the pandemic. We're so concerned about this virus and how we can, you know, wash our hands and mask and use sanitizer and all this stuff instead of thinking about like, how can I make my body as healthy as possible? So I don't really have to worry about the virus.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. Seeing that inner capacity, the existing inner gifts that we can rely on because we have built that up consistently Yeah. and having faith in the inner workings and the inner signals that we need to practice dialing into.
0: Yeah, ooh, I love that. So conversational intelligence and positive mental fitness. And I know from your longer bio that you actually come from the telecommunications world. So, <laughs> so I wanna know how you got from there to here because I also have one of those strange uh, resumes that people look at and they're like, what? <laughs>
1: Oh, you are just so cool to get me to paste together my geeky path.
0: (laughs) No, I always say that about my own resume. Like you could look at this and say, this woman is completely unemployable. What has she been doing for the past 30 years of her life? Or you could look at it the way I choose to, which is like, oh my God, this woman could do anything.
1: (laughs) Well, exactly. Um, I think that the notion of being job hoppers, has lost its negative overtones because what we have always done actually is accumulated skills in what for us personally at that moment was the leading edge. Yeah. And we take them on to the next thing. So I didn't realize the degree to which I was a job hopper uh, or that I was, uh, let me reframe that um, the degree to which I was really interested in being on the leading edge until um I left. So I was a telecommunications policy analyst and I um, reviewed policy and regulation for telephone companies and at the time, brand new Internet companies. Mm. So there was the pace of technology was changing so rapidly that the statewide IT leaders that I was talking to, these are people who run university systems, school systems, hospitals, and state government. The the big organizational, the enterprise IT people said to me, we spend 25% of our time looking at what's new, what's coming up for us that we have to stay on top of. So if you just look at that in the world of IT security, Mm. tons going on. And I was totally sucked in. I was like, this is so cool. I don't have to know how it works. And I love to be a communications conduit to help the rest of the world, including the consumers, understand how our world is changing Mm. and how inclusive it is about to become because all these people who were outsiders could not find their communities because they lived rurally or they... Um, had different strengths in their bodies that were not what we used to call normal, right? Um, I saw a platform where we could all come together. So that was my first start was I went from telecommunications regulation to writing the broadband plan to bringing organizations across the state together to say, this is how we're getting it out, getting broadband out to everybody. And at the end of that job, I said, okay, well, done that. That was kind of cool. <laughs> and now I want to try something completely different. And that was when the um, the healthcare exchanges, the health insurance exchanges were coming online. Wow, what a big tech mess that was. Yeah. And policy-wise, a huge mess that it was. And I it, I took on a job. I was actually working at I was working out of a free healthcare clinic, signing people up for insurance Mm -hmm. and getting to have conversations with the real people who desperately needed healthcare for their children who had multiple issues and parents with high blood pressure. Um, I, I had this amazing window into people's lives and an opportunity to help them make those connections. And from there, I went to a healthcare tech company to do training, organizational training and, and technology implementation mm. with wellness leaders. So this was at the beginning of organizations saying, you know, we got to bring a wellness practice into the office in order to lower our healthcare bills. Yeah, And that was a blast. And what kicked me out of that job and into being a leadership coach was the experience of seeing people fresh out of college dropped like out of the university helicopter into a sea of cubicles and being indoctrinated into a hierarchical old world mindset of report to your manager, don't speak to people directly Mm. kind of things. And I looked around and I said, this is a tech company just because you have ping pong tables does not mean that your communications and organization is evolving. Mm. And I got to work with all these 20 somethings. They showed me how to use Google Images and how to approve PowerPoint. And do- <laughs> and I mean, that's already totally dated, right? No, right. But it was that learning edge that I loved. And I came out of that um, experience. I was so frustrated. I went and got certified in conversational intelligence so that I could use that with my clients. And then I was a self-appointed trainer for all of the new people who came into the office because this is the change that I wanted to see. So I was just like, okay, you're going to spend an hour a day with me three days a week and we're going to do this. And they loved it.
0: (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) Ah, that's an amazing story. And, and it makes me giggle because I, I very often say that, you know, it's the telecommunications companies who are the hardest to communicate with. Oh. Like you try, you just, I I just, I dare you to try and get a real person on the line at any of the major telecommunications <laughs> firms. So when I thought about like, okay, you started out in telecommunications and then you ended up in like really, really Personal one-on-one and one-to-group communications. And it just made me laugh because I was like, oh yeah, that would make me do it too. <laughs> so you've said a little bit about um, positive mental fitness. Say a little bit more about the geeky neuroscience part of conversational intelligence. Oh. I know. Where to be, we could go on for hours in 20 words is- or less. No.
1: Well <laughs> done. <laughs> So um, this is about moving from an I mindset to a we partnership experience by moving out of your primitive, oldest part of your brain, which also happens to be one of the smallest parts of your brain. Why does it take over sometimes? Well, most of the time, that's what we default to. Mm -hmm. And uh, we really have an opportunity by using discipline, uh, the discipline of mental fitness really. Um, to actively engage technically the prefrontal cortex, but I call that the executive brain or the conductor Mm -hmm. because that conductor brain draws from all of the other parts of the brain to bring enough information together to discern what is going on in a conversation. Mm. What are the circumstances when I have the data? when I understand the relationships, when I can trust the people who are providing that information. Mm. Um, and when I can you know, make my own observations from a wide perspective, I can only function, I can only take advantage of that executive brain when my system is flooded with oxytocin, a neurochemical that opens up neural pathways to the other parts of your brain. So flip back to that primitive brain where we default to after listening to say the morning news about what's going on, you name it, pretty much anywhere right now. Um, When we listen to that kind of news, our body wants to protect us. And that means we go into a shutdown mode, Mm -hmm. And cortisol levels rise in the system. Cortisol actually shuts down neural pathways to the rest of the brain. So I do not take in new information. I tend to hoard what information I have. I don't share. I um, am highly judgmental. So that's bad combination being judgmental and not taking in new information, bad combination. (laughs) So, um, I work with teams and individuals to raise an awareness. Of, well, what are you saying? What kind of conversational cocktail are you brewing right there? Is this going to <laughs> raise oxytocin? Brewing cocktails. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and depending on the environment, I have educational organizations where we blend conversational smoothies. And, you know, think you about doing? the ingredients you're putting into your smoothie or yeah, you make just make sure some candy gets
0: in there, right?
1: Right. Right. <laughs>
0: what's the kale um, that you're putting in there?
1: <laughs> yeah, what's the kale? And are you throwing in some kryptonite? Are you yeah. shutting people down in that conversation? It's it's really fun work to get to do. Oh, people that's love fascinating. It. Yeah, I'll bet.
0: I completely geek out over neuroscience and, and just the way you're you're talking about your own work, which really makes me think that you know you you're really in the business of making sure that organizations, corporations create safe spaces and places where we can trust and places where we can let down that guard and say to the lizard brain I'm safe here I can have a different opinion and I know how to express it so that somebody else isn't going to go into this like lizard brain state
1: <laughs> so here's one other thing to think about in the face of a lot of bad news in the world is that it is only when you are in your executive brain that you can imagine the desired future Mm. You have to imagine it to create it. And I think that's probably the driving force behind the work for me mm-hmm. is giving people a sense of safety and relief mm. to dare to imagine. And believe me, it is hard for them right now.
0: Yes. And that was going to be my next question because we are all in, in such chronically stressed places right now and that's that's when we go into that stress response which is cortisol which is fight flight freeze bond feed you know whatever it is we are not feeling safe and we're not feeling like we can relax into into other other spaces and other ways of being so a lot of that is what leads to burnout. You know, we have stress and if it's not managed, which I don't like that word, but we're going to go with it <laughs> and it becomes chronic. And then we have, you know, overwhelm and then we have burnout. So in your work, I would love to know in your work, especially with women in this chronically stressed, burned out state, what do you notice? What are the commonalities that you've identified?
1: Wow. What a timely question. <laughs> I love this. Blow my doors off. So here's an example. I recently got to work with a women's organization. It's a nonprofit. It helps women from all walks of life get training on both personal skills and professional skills to get back into the workforce. Mm. They also have (laughs) programs. Yeah. Yeah. And they have programs for young women in schools too. So um, I was working with their CFO and their director of operations, a couple of other people. And we had undertaken a positive intelligence program, which begins with an assessment. And the assessment is of which saboteurs, which of 10 saboteurs are most active for you right now. So your top three. So the 10 saboteurs in general are hypervigilant, hyperachiever, hyper, um, controller, hyper rational, pleaser, uh, avoider victim, just to give you an idea of mm-hmm. what some of those are. So I gave them this assessment and of the, uh, I would say 75% of the women who took it showed up with hypervigilant mm-hmm. in their top three yes. and achiever in their top three. So to give you a little bit of framework, somebody who is working with a hypervigilant saboteur has continuous and intense anxiety about the dangers of all the things that could go wrong. So these women love the women for whom they make working life real. And so much is at stake for them if something could go wrong. Wow. This kind of vigilance Gets no rest. Mm -hmm. So there's one aspect. So, on top of that, they have children who range from two to 16. Mm -hmm. And that makes the world stressful. And combining that with what so many young women are today, which is that hyperachiever. And the interesting thing that I I learned through this program about the hyperachiever is that any one big achievement is not enough. It simply means that you'll get more approval when you get to the next achievement and you've achieved that and it never ends. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and both of these, the hypervigilance, the drive for safety and the hyperachiever are born out of gifts, in fact. Mm. that We came to the world with, they were often shaped by our environment early on in life. And there are very valuable, important aspects to it, but they get to the hyper side when they when the strengths are just taken too far.
0: Yeah, it's so fascinating to me that these two happen to be in the top three for 75% of the women, because if you look closely at them, they fight against each other. That, that hypervigilance is going to make you super aware of not taking too many risks and yet that need to hyperachieve it's like you're not going to hyperachieve unless you are stepping out of your out of your comfort zone and what what a mess must be going on in your mind if those are your top two of your top three saboteurs it's just like who am i am i this or am i that and how come i can't be both and
1: (laughs) and the heart the amazing sage heart yeah behind all of that so the beauty of positive intelligence really is to remind people this came of a gift yeah and there are five sages that you can engage to remind yourself of that gift so activate innovate explore um activate innovate explore Oh, the other two fail me. That's so unfair. You're going to have to give me a call or check out my website. Yes, and definitely. Me and find that, out.
0: That, those are the breadcrumbs that are going to lead you to Deb's site. Like what are the other two? So we have 10 saboteurs, but we have five sages. So these 10 saboteurs actually grow out of our gifts and become a little too developed. And then the five sages are the things that we could do to bring ourselves back down to earth. Is that what happens?
1: Right, to find that balance. So you talked earlier about resilience and and that is absolutely right in the world of fitness and and diet. I find myself in the broader scheme of human development, looking at adaptation.
0: Mm, We have to be ready
1: to leap into our own next personal great phase. Yeah. So accessing the sages... So think about it. Talk to your wiser elder self. Mm-hmm. What is your wiser elder self going to say to you about whether your child wears navy blue socks or white socks to school? That's I amazing. love this because yeah. I am
0: so often asking people to talk to your 4-year-old self. Right? <laughs> and here you're going no 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 talk to your sage self. Like and how the- fascinating that you know it's it's either end of our lifespan. Right. That, that needs to be consulted. Because it's both we're in the middle. <laughs> what a mess. <laughs>
1: right. Because in every moment, there is a gift and opportunity to yeah. be found. That is at the core of positive intelligence and everybody can use these five sages to rediscover what that gift and opportunity is. We mm. all have it within ourselves, but you have to practice using two and three minute focal exercises three or four times a day when you feel good. Yeah. That's, that's the mental fitness. That's the mental workout that you do when you feel good so that in the moment when the unexpected arises, yeah. you stand with a wide stance. Yeah. The security of- Power pose. Buddha belly. I'm rooted in this moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I love that uh, consulting your, your older, wiser self. It, it just really speaks to some of my earlier work, which was with women going through perimenopause and hitting like this stage or I don't know whether you've ever read. Um, oh, what is the name of that book? Mists of Avalon. Have um, you ever read that?
1: Oh, chills. Oh. I
0: reread that book once every few years. And every time I get something different out of it, but my Absolute favorite point that is made in there is, you know, the crone has such a negative connotation in our language, and yet, yeah. you know, if you can own that crone for for the positive, like sh- this is another face of the goddess, and by the way, the most powerful one, you know, <laughs> that you know, this is this is who we're consulting, our older, wiser self. Like, own that crone.
1: <laughs> own that crone. Own the crone.
0: I, yeah, definitely. <laughs> So when you work with these women, um, the the commonalities you identified for us, you know, like these are their top sort of uh, saboteurs. Um, what about working with them really disturbs and challenges you? Besides that initial like, oh my God, I can't believe everybody shares this.
1: It's hard to know that so many of our treasures are trapped right now because with the saboteurs being that highly active they detract Mm -hmm. from performance Mm -hmm. these incredibly gifted committed women don't have full access Mm -hmm. to all of their gifts because they have a judge telling them a story that they're not enough, that the world is dangerous, they have to protect their children, they have to ensure that the women they are working for are taken care of and they sacrifice themselves, their own mental health often. The good news is that more women have income now to take care of themselves and still prioritizing themselves seems a bit of a challenge. Yes, (laughs) yes, exactly. I will say I have a friend who is a project manager at a national construction company. She wears a hard hat. She helps men understand the safety rules. She does the ordering, the construction. She checks on big construction jobs. And she has a group of women, also engineers in construction. They get together and they go out and they invest in themselves. And I am absolutely positive that they are better for it. They feel better about themselves and they bring their gifts to their families, to their communities and to work.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. And, and it really reminds me of something I was going to point out earlier was when you were saying that, you know, these women, are, and I think it's true of, of most sort of mission driven fields that we we pay what's known as the passion tax, right? Because we'll go above and beyond and work way more than we need to and get asked to work way more than we need to because we're passionate about the work. And guess what, when you go home, there's a whole different audience there that is demanding the same kind of things from you. <laughs> and the, the, the irony that you know the World Health Organization defines burnout as a, a an occupational phenomenon, should not be used to apply to other areas of life? I'm like, yeah, they wrote that in May of 2019 and little did they know what was coming around the corner. <laughs>
1: Wow, that's <laughs> a big one. I had not heard that before. Thank you for yeah. sharing it. That's yeah, important because- in
0: ICD eleven in the International Classification of Diseases, uh, they they actually state very clearly this is a workplace phenomenon. This is an occupational phenomenon only. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like you said, those women who show up at work, whether it's a hard hat or high heels or whatever it is, are the same ones who are going home at night. And are you really expecting them to leave part of themselves at the door in either direction? Because again, if you're leaving any of your gifts or any of your brain parts at the door, you're not showing
1: up whole. Whole? We're <laughs> not supposed to compartmentalize every right. aspect of our personalities and yeah. gifts. Yeah,
0: yeah. Sarcasm font there, people. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So having having uh, told us you know what's what's disturbing and challenging about the work, what is the part that really astonishes and excites you?
1: Oh my gosh, the aha moments and the way work flows and the stories of newfound connection, the, the first newfound connection is a little more trust to the inner self. Um, the first step, in positive intelligence is um, intercepting the saboteur. Mm. You have to be open and self-reflective to say, oh, that's my hypervigilance, saying the world isn't safe. Look at where I am right now. I am safe.
0: Yeah. And
1: allowing that oxytocin to come into the system, which allows more information, all the things we touched on before. So watching people transform to recognize one, I can intercept that, saboteur, and then two, apply the sage. Where's the gift and opportunity in this moment? And then three, when people commit to a daily practice of mental fitness, it improves everything around them in a way that allows them to live with more sage and um, engage the sage in others engage should... the sage
0: and own the crown man
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's the, and that's the moment when you step into conversational intelligence okay i got a grip on myself now let's see how this works in i'm happening.
0: so fascinated because i i do so much work with with women about their inner voices and it just sounds to me like your work becomes possible when we give ourselves permission to have a different conversation internally. First, internally, like speak with your inner voices in a very different way than you're used to engaging with them and not allowing them to speak to you in a very judgy way. You know, we talked about this in in my workshop, which was like judgment and curiosity. Like how do you change from, oh, why did I do that again? To, huh, why did I do that again? And just changing that whole tone of voice internally has got to create a safe space to then look around and realize you're in a safe physical space as well.
1: Well, it's fun because we do, when you're in the positive intelligence program, we have a pod. So four or five people in the group at a time have questions for each week that they answer together in the, pro- in the pod. But everybody has to come to the pod with a hat, not wearing it, just at the ready. So this is the judge's hat. I'm just going to say. Awesome. So, in the moment when I catch <gasps> myself judging myself, judging others, or judging a situation, I have to put on my judge's hat. And this causes laughter and self reflection.
0: Brilliant exercise.
1: Yeah. And there's no comment on the hat,
0: wow. it's
1: just everybody's wear. Oh, there goes another hat. Yep. That hat. Okay. That hat came off now.
0: It's sort it's of like just... naming your inner voice, right? Pick pick the name that you like the least and and name it and then like apologize to everybody who actually has that name. <laughs> right, <laughs> my, when we my bad inner voice judge. is named Monica, you know?
1: <laughs> right. You name those things because that's how you begin to externalize them. I don't have to, this isn't my saboteur. It is a saboteur.
0: Yeah,
1: and Saboteur. I am telling you, you're full of lies. And I'm telling everybody in the group. Now the saboteur is trying to pull off its lies. I'm not buying it. See ya.
0: Love it. <laughs> oh, I love that exercise. That would be a wonderful group coaching exercise. Oh, the wheels are spinning. All right. So, uh, Almost final question for you. I want you to pick an audience. You can choose to speak to the women you work with. You can choose to speak to their employers, their, you know, people who make policy that affects them. Choose an audience and tell them what needs to happen so that there is less of this living in cortisol and hypervigilance and burning out. What needs to happen for that for that to be less of a thing in the world?
1: It's such a deep question, rich with opportunity, Liza.
0: Only one, pick
1: one. (laughs) Right, well, I I will say to employers that they really have an opportunity to grow good in the form of profitability or productivity and community and making their workplaces attractive by creating a foundation, as you said before, of safety through mental fitness for each of their people. They become more engaged. They are happier to come to work when their managers know how to be more engaged. When people understand that My employer is putting my mental health in a framework that I can access easily. And this is done on an app. Over the course of the day with prompts, there's just enormous scientific evidence behind the personal benefits as well as the organizational benefits. So Shirzad Shamin has written a book, Positive Intelligence. He's a Stanford professor and he has literally interviewed thousands of people around the globe. So this isn't ethnically based in US work culture. It works around the world. Mm. And having that sense of mental fitness is our first step toward creating the positive changes in the world that we want to be living immediately.
0: That's kind of a mic drop right there, (laughs) beautifully put. All right, so if somebody wants to connect with you, get you to come and talk, get you to come and work with their people, where do we find you?
1: Debshannon.co.
0: .co, not .com, but .co, debshannon.co. And I will put that into the show notes. I'll also put a link to this book, Positive Intelligence. And uh, anything else do you want to know? Well, I also,
1: if you'd like to follow me on LinkedIn, it's slash Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-H, dash Shannon on LinkedIn. I've been doing two and three minute videos that I'm dropping on LinkedIn and I'll get them onto my website as soon as I can. Um, but they're talking a lot about what I'm seeing in the workplace with uh, people, both in a conversational intelligence perspective and positive intelligence.
0: Excellent. Yes, I've been I've been watching your videos. So, <laughs> so much about? fun. <laughs> well, Deb, thank you so much for being here today. This was so much fun, and I know we could probably go on for hours and hours and hours, but we better stop here. <laughs>
1: Okay. If you say so, Liza, it has been an absolute honor to be here. I think we get each other jazzed up and I'd like to bring more of that into the world. So I hope everybody who's listening feels a little bit uplifted and ready to, to pay some of this forward.
0: Yes. More oxytocin, less cortisol. Yes. Yes. Thanks for listening. Please note that any suggestions provided on this show are not meant to replace medical advice and the opinions of the guests on this show are their own. Simply Health Coaching and Elizabeth A. Baker LLC neither endorse nor take responsibility for statements made by guests. Let me know your thoughts about the episode and share your biggest takeaways and aha moments. And let me know who else you want to hear from on the topic of being well while doing good. You can send me a voice message directly through Anchor, as well as some of the other listening platforms. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast in your listening app so you never miss an episode. Love the podcast? You can support it with a donation directly from the podcast homepage in most listening apps. If you'd like to know more about my work, visit my website at simplyhealthcoaching.com. As always, the link is in the show notes.